Now, Josh Thomas, before you leave, I want you to sit right up here on the platform, the whole sermon today, right there in that chair. If you see these wasps return, I know, it would try to sting you in the face. If you'll notice on your sermon information today, we're talking about battles, and I asked them to release two um, wasps in here so we could have a battle, and they came just in time for the show, okay? You're not going to move. You need something to swat those things with now. If those things get loose and you, they come after me, I'm just going to keep preaching, and you knock them down, out there. stomp them, and we're going to give them a wonderful funeral after the service, all right? Okay. We want to welcome those that are joining us and streaming live with us today. Would you grab your Bibles and open to Joshua chapter number 10? That's 10. Joshua number 10. Now, we're going to be heading to the book of Joshua next fall. When you come back next August, as we get ready to start school, we're going to be doing about a three and a half month run all the way through chapter by chapter the book of Joshua fall of 2021. So we'll be back to this passage next year and kind of looking at it in a different perspective. But I have really enjoyed, I mean, for you that know more at midweek, we get in a book and we stay there for years. For you that come to more midweek, can I hear an amen when I say we stay for years? John was almost three years. Hebrews is going to be about two and a half years. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We just look at every little, almost, almost every word. And on Sunday morning, we stay in a series so often. But the, over the last three or four weeks, I've had the privilege in between series to really talk about some specific things that I felt like that our congregation needed to hear. And to be quite honest, some things I need. And many times preaching out of the very need of my own heart for our congregation. And... Uh, I just, it's been such a joy. Like like last week, we looked at frustration. So many positives have come from that time. And today, uh, before our Christmas series starts next week, we got four great uh, uh, November and December uh, Sunday mornings before Christmas strikes us. And uh, then it's going to lead us right into our incredible Christmas Eve service that we look forward to each year. And it's going to be amazing this year as well. And so just looking forward to these next four weeks as we are going to really take you back to Bethlehem and going to be talking about rediscovering Christmas. Man, so many of us, uh, have you kind of noticed a trend across our country? Everybody's doing Christmas early, aren't we? Everybody's setting their things up early. Many people wait till after Thanksgiving, but this year people are decorating early. I think we all need some encouragement And Christmas so often brings that. So looking forward to that. But today, as we kind of wind up this little interim period that we've had, I want want to speak into your hearts about a final concept of you and I doing life battles. Uh, You may not realize it, but every one of us have something in common. We all have a different set of battles going on in our life. Every one of us battles. There's all kinds of battles that we face. In fact, when you think about these battles, you know, every one of us, uh, we're either getting over a battle or in a battle or about to enter a battle. But in doing so, many times it's really about recovery. Recovery from finances, that battle with finances or with relationships, 
maybe something that's kind of gone crazy in the world of marriage or family or parenting or kids or something physical, but we all face these battles. And all of us from time to time are, find ourselves in these situations where we're trying to recover and recapture some kind of area in our life that has been under attack. And today as we talk through some very important things, I just want you to understand that I'm going to just toss out quickly this morning five very important aspects that are going to be applicable to most any type of battle that's going on in your life. About four or five months ago, man not in our church, an area pastor said, look, why don't you go talk to Pastor Cook over there in Oakland Heights? He's not your pastor. And uh, anyway, this pastor thought enough of me to send him over here for me to talk to. And man, this gentleman had been having a battle in his life. Every payday, he would hop on I-20 and head to Shreveport. Do I need to say more? And so often he'd find himself coming after gambling over there, headed back to Longview in a few hours with absolutely nothing. It was kind of like for him for the last two, two and a half years, he had been warring inside of himself to get control of this urge to gamble. It's like uh, the story we've heard over and over in gambling Anonymous, get a little behind, make the big bet, hoping you're going to hit it big, typically never do, kept reminding him, you know, it's, it's something for us to remember when they offer these meals so cheap and have these amazing buildings, somebody's making some money somewhere, aren't they? And most people that walk out of those places don't walk out ahead, and so just listening to him pour out his heart of how that had had its old tentacles in his life month after month after month, and of course it had just made a mockery and a mess out of his finances. Dealt several months ago with an individual that's battling alcohol. And just, just the embarrassment of that. You know, all of us have battles going on every one of us. And I love when we come to Joshua chapter 10 because it is one of those remarkable passages. Now just quickly to set the tone because you know that I'm a history kind of guy and I'll get off in that and stay 45 minutes just on the historical aspect. We know when we come to the book of Joshua, Joshua is leading the people to conquer the land. Joshua leads them over the Jordan River and he begins a set of series a whole series of military conquests to eradicate the land so God's children can take possession of it. Multiple battles, all of them unique, all of them different. We're probably most familiar with the battle at Jericho, but so many prominent battles took place during that period in time. But in doing so, as Joshua began that progress, he began to fight a group of people called the Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites weren't centrally located. In fact, they were very much a nomadic people that had taken root in a number of different pockets throughout this promised land. 
And there was a scheme that they had employed. They came to, to Joshua under the disguise of being someone different. And Joshua had made an agreement with these Gibeonites, not knowing who they were. And as soon as they had made that agreement, five nations under five kings quickly began to pull away from the former ally of the Gibeonites and began to attack them. And because Joshua had committed the Israelites to protect them, Joshua and his army had to march all night to come to their rescue, if you will, of a people that he was trying to eradicate to begin with. There were a five coalition of kings and areas of people that had come together making alliance and Israel had to fight against all five of these kings. Now as we read this text in just a moment, I want you to understand this is a historical record. Joshua was a real man. The nation of Israel were real people. It's not like on television that you say this story was based on some true things, but these are actors. They're not really the people. Oh, what we're going to be reading today are the real personalities. But along with that historical context, we've got to understand that there is also a sense of internal meaning. And it's out of this internal meeting today that I just want to toss out five very important principles. And man, I hope you brought some lipstick or mascara, a pen or a pencil today to jot these down because they're very, very significant. Five steps, if you will, in battling just about any situation in your life. Five characteristics of winning the battle, steps to recapture and recover. And let's begin reading in God's word, Joshua chapter 10. Would you scroll all the way down to verse number 15? And here's what God's word says. Then Joshua returned with all of Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Verse 16. Now the five kings had fled and hidden the cave of Makedah. When Joshua was told that the five kings had been found hiding in the cave at Makedah, he said, roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it. Now, I think it's important for us to understand that this location, Makedah, was very important. By the way, that word Makedah means the field of shepherds. I want you to know a lot of good stuff went on at Makedah. There was trade that went on there. That things were bought and sold there. There was great water. It was literally rendered, again, the field of shepherds because people brought their flocks there because the ground was so fertile and there was substantial water there to take care of the livestock. It was, in other words, an economic center. And isn't it interesting that of all the places for the kings to take up residence and to hide, Makeda was the place. Isn't it interesting that the battles that you and I face so often in our lives are often in some of the most fertile fields of our lives? That's where Satan does his greatest work, where these kings of destruction take up residence to really bring potential disaster in our lives, and we've got to battle them. Quickly, write down these five steps. I want to show them to you and just point them out right out of the text today. First of all, I think it's significant, just as a starter, that we see that in any battle that we face, we got to be able to, to contain the situation. Step number one will always be to contain the situation. 
Did you notice that these five kings had taken up residence in a cave? And it was fascinating because in verse number 18, Joshua says, take this large stone, roll it up, roll it over the mouth of that cave. And when he did that, obviously, he contained these five kings. Now, he had not defeated them. They were still present. But what we see is a picture here of containment. They were still on the property, but at least he had constrained and contained them into one order and one place. It would be like um, maybe if you're battling your blood pressure and you say, well, I've got it contained. Well, how do you have it contained? I've got this little pill. Now, that's not the remedy, but this little pill, at least for a period of time, one each day, is going to help me to contain the excessive count of my blood pressure. If an individual says, well, uh, I've, I've amassed all kinds, I'm in a financial battle, and the individual says, you know, I've got myself in such a, a, a situation of debt that I don't know if I can ever crawl out, but at least... I'm no longer taking on any new debt. I've cut my credit cards up. I've taken this step or this particular step, and at least I've stopped the bleeding somewhat of the indebtedness in my life. It's a process of containment. Let me tell you something. We live in a world, the culture around us, that doesn't believe in stopping and containing situations that are disastrous in our life. The world around us tells us, hey, if you've got an appetite for it, go for it. The world around us tells us if we have an attitude of something and an attraction to it and an addiction in it, to give in to it, not to repel it. But it's so very important that you understand containment is always the first step in terms of overcoming an enemy or a king in your life that doesn't belong there. Did you notice this word rock in verse number 18? Roll large rocks up to the mouth. Let's, let's get the rocks up there. And that word rock is interesting because symbolically in our lives, that represents something very important. It represents a holding space, a holding space. To see the rock for you and for me are the presence of God. You remember David's famous words David was always talking about his God. David said this in 2 Samuel 22:2, "The Lord is my, you remember it, my rock. He is my fortress. He's my deliverer, my God, my rock, and now I take refuge. He's my shield. He's my horn of salvation." God's presence for us provides balance and peace. And when you take God into battle with you, he becomes the rock. And when you sit in front of these things that you're about to try to conquer that rock of refuge, it makes all the difference. And the opponent will no longer, the kings will no longer take any more ground from you. Did you get it? Did you jot it down? Contain the situation. Let me show you a second very important principle. Jot this down. We've got to challenge ourselves to step out in faith. A second very important part of us overcoming the kings in our life, the battles that we have to win, is that we've got to be challenged to step out in faith. Look down in verse 19. 
Now, once these rocks are there, look at what Joshua says. But don't stop. Pursue your enemies. Do you have an exclamation mark in your translation of the Bible? NIV has an exclamation mark. Attack them from the rear and don't let them reach their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. You see what Joshua is saying to the people? Hey, we've got these kings contained, but right now is not the time to stop. They have armies. They have other number of followers that we've got to go and pursue and eradicate and get rid of. There's no way we can rest because we have the five kings hemmed up in this cave. Joshua's telling them, you can't stay here for some of the greatest battle life is ahead of us. And again, we so often in life see people stuck in their own stories when it comes to our personal battles. It's amazing to me that individuals so often that are struggling with a battle are stuck in their own stories. I know you don't like for me to say it, but it's true. And I know some of you think it's a little calloused, but doggone it, it's true. You and I have certain people in our lives that again, when we see them approaching, we can just in our heart hear the suction noise. Because when they begin to talk to us, they are about to suck all of the life out of us. We all have life stories. And they're important life stories. Every one of us has an important life story. But so often, be on guard against this, and it's so hard for us to monitor ourselves in this area. Because we don't evaluate ourselves fairly, whether we're too hard or we're too soft. And we're not our best critic, and we're always not our best fan either. But so often, we get so stymied in the same story of our life that we just dwell on it and go over it and over it. And every time we tell it, it just breathes new life back into the difficulties. Every time we begin sharing that story, it, it, by sharing it over and over, it gives it more space. The battle gets larger and larger. And what we're really doing by just perpetuating that story, telling it over and over, is we're giving permission of that battle to just continue to rage in our life. And today, I just, I don't know what people are facing. I don't know what you're facing. But let me challenge you, just as Joshua told his people, move on, go forward. There's more things to do. There's other battles to fight. You see, the essence of what Joshua is saying in verse 19 is we've got to not just contain, but we've got to purge. We've got to eradicate. There are other battles that need to be fought. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to fail, I want to fail going forward. Amen? I don't want to fail hanging around in, 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 in the background. And if, I, I just wonder if, if God's not calling someone today that's been dealing with the residual 
elements of a divorce years ago to step out in faith and move beyond it. I, I wonder today if there's not someone here that has just been embittered by some hurt or device in your life and, and, and it, you just haven't been able to turn loose of it. And today, I just want you to heed Joshua's words. Could it be that God wants you to move beyond that? There's other battles. There's other fruitful things to conquer. There's other challenges ahead of us. And I just wonder today, jot this down, if, if God's not wanting us to believe him for a greater victory, would you be willing today to believe God for a greater victory? And better yet, would you believe God for a bigger win in your life? And those are available. I love this moment. Joshua says, contain these guys. But then Joshua says, now we've got them contained. Now let's go. Let's step out in faith and let's go take on these five armies and let's fight and win the battle. You see what Joshua's saying? Close enough is not good enough. There's so much more of what God has for you to do. Challenge ourselves to step out in faith. Number three, and can I just say, I might put a star by this one. This may be one of the most difficult of the five. Number three, confront the source of our struggle. And anytime we're in a battle, we've got to be willing to confront the source of our struggle. These five kings, what did they represent to the people of Israel and to Joshua and those of what they were trying to accomplish? They represented opposition. Five kings, five areas. By the way, when you look at the name that we're about, the names of these five that we're about to read in just a moment, some of them were placed strategically on mountaintops. Some of them lived in valleys. One of the five kings was on each side of Joshua and the children of Israel. It didn't matter where they turned. One of these five kings was going to be there. Wherever Joshua tried to go, here were the kings in the way. And write this down. It's very important. If we do not confront the source, then you and I are always going to wind up battling the symptoms. Did you get that? If you and I don't confront the source, we're always going to end up battling the symptoms. We're going to go round and round with the symptoms. Sooner or later in a battle, you and I are going to have to come to the heart of the matter. And often the reason that we're not victorious is because we still got the influences of these old kings in our lives hidden away in our hearts. The old residue of the world, those old memories, those old influences tucked away in the cave of our heart. And we're never willing to go and confront the very source of it. Look in verse 22. Let's read about this. Joshua said in verse 22, open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me. Look in verse 23. So he brought out the five kings or the five kings out of the cave, kings of Jerusalem, the uh, king, king of, 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 of Hebron, the uh, king of uh, Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. 
You know, if Joshua had not confronted these kings, they weren't going to go away. I used to have a, a great, great, great man in one of our former pastorates up here in Upshur County. And his philosophy with any trouble you had in life is ignore it. It didn't matter what it was. Well, I got a hot water heater at my house, Judge. And he'd say, oh, it'll be all right. It'll, it, it, it'll, it'll work out. Yeah, but the last three mornings I've taken a cold shower. Oh, just forget about it. It'll work out. Well, Judge, I'm having this issue with this particular group of people right here. Oh, don't worry about that. Time, time, it'll all go away. Let me tell you something. Sooner or later, when there's a battle going on in our life, you and I had better go to the source. What's causing that? Set across from that man that was wrestling with that gambling challenge. And man, I got him some really great professional trained help far beyond what I could help him with. But just listening to his heart, it wasn't the gambling. That wasn't even the heart of the issue. We spent an hour and a half trying to dig deeper than the surface of the gambling. What was causing him? What was driving him to make that drive every two weeks on payday just to hit it big? We've got to really start looking at ourselves and we've got to look internally so often at the very source of the challenge. This stuff just doesn't disappear. Did you notice something here? The Bible didn't just tell us, and there were five old kings in the cave. Did you notice that the book of Joshua named every specific king? Have you ever noticed how the Bible does that with specifics? It'll tell us who the people are, where they lived, who the leadership was, very specific information. And there's a reason for that. There's something strategic about this for us. If we had time today, and we'll do this next fall, each one of these five kings, scholarship believes, has a particular represent, representation of a particular challenge that we face as people, as believers. But there's a specific strategy about how the Word of God brings these names to us. And you know, you and I have got to be willing to look at the source. We've got to be willing to ask the question, what's driving this struggle? What is driving my battle? Now write this down and take this with you, it's important. You can't conquer what you will not confront. You will never conquer that which you will not confront. For us to win any battle, we've got to be willing to get down on our knees before our God and say, God, search me. What is it that's pulling me away from you? But I want to encourage you. You're closer to victory than you may think you are. Did you get it? Confront the source of our struggle. Number four, we're almost done. Celebrate God's strength. A fourth very important step in this process of overcoming the battles of our life, celebrate God's strength. Grab your Bibles and look in verse 24. Let's keep reading. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned, now notice these two phrases, he summoned all the men of Israel, 
and said to the army commanders, he took all the men and specifically he called forth his army commanders who had come to him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and they placed their feet on their necks. Now look in verse 25, Joshua said to them, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do, look at this phrase, to all the enemies that you are going to fight. Remember a moment ago I shared with you there's a historical context to these verses, but there's also incredible symbolic meaning in these verses. Joshua took this moment to have what we call a discipleship moment. He takes these five kings out of the cave and he has his army commanders put their foot on their necks of all things. Now just think about this word picture for a moment. Josh, did I tell you to sit in this chair right here? Did I tell you to sit in this chair right here? I want you to get down here and let me put my foot on your neck. Now this is taking social distancing to an extreme here never heard of. You can't count on a music man to do anything, can you? Huh? Just kidding you, Josh. I'm just, I'm just glad you're still there protecting me. Have you, uh, have you seen any wasps? Are there, are there any issues or anything I need to be aware of? Okay, I just want to be sure. I, I don't want to be attacked up here. Well, maybe you can get the visual picture. Here's Josh Thomas. Here's, here's his wife. Megan, would you come up here and let me... No, I'm just... Look at Megan. She's got more courage than you do, man. You got the picture, don't you? On the neck. Think about that for just a moment. You understand what Joshua's saying to them? They're standing there, and what Joshua's saying to them is this, I want you to feel what this moment's like. These five kings in these kingdoms, they once held you, but now you hold them. There they stood with their foots on the neck. These kings, Joshua wanted them to know, that once ruled over you and now you rule them. I want you to know what that feels like. Somebody stopped me this week and they said, Pastor Mike, we were looking at church goals and we know the church is trying to start 80 small groups over the next three or four years and trying to get to 1,200 worshipers on the weekend. Got, we, we got all that. And uh, they said, we, we, it's just hard for us to see that. And you know, if you weren't here in the 1980s, you wouldn't know what it would be to, have, to see this sanctuary filled, almost on both sides. You wouldn't know what it would be like to have seven of these center pews filled up with students. 
But you know, when you've experienced that, when you felt that, when you've been a part of that kind of energy, then it changes your perspective on things. And Joshua has called these men, all the men, do you remember that phrase? All the men, they stood around and they began to witness what these commanders had done. They had taken their foot and they'd placed it up on the very neck of these kings. And in doing so again, it was a word picture that they would never forget. I, didn't want, I just want you to know this. You and I at some point have got to put our foot on our foes. If you're ever going to win the battle, at some point you've got to put your foot on your foes. Did you notice the neck of all things? What was the importance of that on the neck? Why not they turned them face down, put their face in the dirt, stood on their back? Why not they jumped down on their backs and rode them like a cowboy? But of all things, the neck. You see, the neck cut off the total air supply. And so now the battle, as it was about to be won, they had cut off the very air supply, no more speaking untruth. No more doubt to be spoken from this opposition. And I would just suggest to you that as these men stood there, it was a time to start celebrating. Two days ago, I had for my devotional time, Romans 16 and verse 20. I love that because that verse says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Is that not a great testament today to us? The Lord will eventually crush Satan under your very feet. And I just want you to know today as a pastor, you may be here and you may have relapsed, you may have had setbacks, you may have been knocked down, you may have been mistreated and abused, you may have been hurt, you may have gone all through all kinds of things in life, but I want you to know this, you have the power and the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ to get back up again and understand the battle is not over, that you and I have a Savior that has won the ultimate victory. Can I hear an amen? Number five, final step, continue in the success that God has given you. When God gives us the victory in the battle, we've got to continue in the success that God has given us. Go back to verse number 25. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, be strong, be courageous. This is what the Lord will do for all the enemies that you are going to fight. Verse 26 then Joshua put the kings to death and exposed their bodies on five poles and they were left hanging on the poles until evening. Now this is fascinating to me because the way especially the King James uh, translates this is interesting. They now have the leverage on the enemy and look what Joshua does. And I just wonder if you think this is, no pun intended, a little overkill. Like in my life, I'm always wondering on the news when someone's given five consecutive life sentences. 
I guess there's some legal reason for that, but after they die the first life sentence, are they going to come back to life and die the next four? And I'm just wondering here, Joshua has these kings put to death, and then he hangs them. And that's exactly how the King James translates it. He hangs them. And just wondering, did they die again? No. This is very significant. It's significant because as he hung them there, all could witness. You see, Joshua had 31 battles left in front of him from this point. My grandparents uh, lived in the southern part of Oklahoma. And it's about this time of every year, we'd get in the car, we'd drive all the way to Oklahoma around Thanksgiving. And I remember sitting in the back seat year after year, heading up there. And much of it was oil field and rural agricultural kind of land. And after we got off the freeway and got out there on those small country roads, I always remember as a child seeing the carcasses of coyotes hanging on the fence. The state of Oklahoma at one time had a pretty hefty fee. Any kind of coyote pelt that was turned in, the state would pay you for those pelts. They were trying to control the coyote population because they were such a nuisance to livestock and ranchers. And then after they stopped giving actual monetary value to the pelts, the ranchers then began to hanging them up on the barbed wire fences. Now, I'll always remember asking the question and I'll always remember the answer. Hey, Dad, why do people keep hanging those coyotes up there on that fence? And I'll always remember the answer, the scent. You see, that scent, as it hangs there, lets all the other coyotes in the area, they're able to, to get a complete whiff of that scent. They get the message. And I think more than anything is Joshua not just killed these kings, but hung them up five different poles, five different trees for all to see. He was letting everyone in the whole land know this is what happens when God's people are attacked. This is the scent that I want you to get. That we worship and serve a God that is never defeated. Any battle that he ever joins, he will be the winner. You know, that's... That's why it's such an amazing thing for Satan to think that he was the winner as our Lord hung on that cross at Calvary. He thought that that simple death was the answer to so many problems. But oh, he had no idea that in just a few days our Lord and Savior was going to arise from that tomb, ascend into the heavens, and there'll be a day that our Lord will put his very foot on the neck of Satan. How do we win the battles? Five important steps to winning the battles 
of your life. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for these moments that we've had this morning. We take this time this morning to pray for those that are engaged right now in some kind of battle in their life. Maybe some are battling with discouraging results. Maybe there's a weight issue. Maybe there's a family relationship struggle. Maybe there's a financial challenge. Maybe today there's a physical challenge that's related to this crazy pandemic that we're facing. So Father, as we take these principles in our life and hide your word away in our hearts, I just pray that as we face these different battles that we might have the opportunity to come back to this incredible encounter of how you work through your people. Father, today we are aware that even in our own fellowship, those that are in the hospital, a few moments ago, word came that two of our members back to the ER with COVID-related issues. So, Father, today we, we are humbled at this Thanksgiving season. We're reminded how dependent we are as a people on you. Father, as we go into this time of thanksgiving, that we might do it in a safe way. And so, Father, for those that may find themselves discouraged and alone this thanksgiving, that just at the right time, a FaceTime or a phone call or even a simple poster through a window at a hospital or a nursing home that might lift the spirits of someone that is discouraged. Father, help us to be mindful of the simple acts of kindness that will never be forgotten and that most represent who you, our Savior, who you really are. The life giver, the life sustainer, the God of love, true love. Father, we do love you. Would you forgive us today on this Lord's Day of those places that we failed you? of those sins many times that we try to pack away and hide in a corner, thinking that no one sees and no one knows. Sins of commission, sins of omission. Father, we ask for your healing and your forgiveness. But Father, more than anything, there's great hope in our lives today because we know you are the great overcomer. COVID hasn't caught you off guard. The challenges that we face, the battles that we war against, the kings that have taken a foothold in our lives, they've not caught you by surprise. So Father, we ask that you might be our great rock, our great shelter. And for that residue, for that old way of life, for that carnal nature, 
that's tucked away in the cave that you might just wipe it all away. That as we bring it to you, you'll deal with that just as you dealt with every sin in all of humanity. All weighted up on your very shoulders on the cross. Father, we love you and we worship you. And these things we pray. Amen. Josh, come.